0: Hello, hello, and welcome Ending. to this So You Want to Be a Musician podcast. I'm your well, host, Jeffrey kind of you Slape. Um, this week we're going to be talking with uh, bass player, songwriter, uh, all-around rad dude, uh, my buddy Ray Akers. So this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I've known Ray a little while. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it too. I'm going to link everything uh, where you can follow Ray and keep up with everything he's doing in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy.
1: what. That just came out. Uh, I haven't watched that yet. It's really good. He's Josh isn't a great speaker, and it's like you can you can see the wheels turning in his head, but you can see his mouth like not wanting to do it kind of thing. Where it's like, I know what you're trying to say, just say it kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So I've never gotten to the Joe Rogan podcast. Like when I used to work at the like uh, that guitar place, like everybody listened to that, and I was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, they're so, like, I got like a long podcast, this one is like three hours. I'm like, no.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah, that one I had to listen to, I listened to in chunks. It'd be like 15, 20 minutes in the morning and just let it go and then kind of be like, all right, I'm going to come back to this and just try and find the
0: next, like, all right, segue into, next talking point, and kind of, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So, weird. Well, this is like. I think I kind of told you it was like about being a musician but it's more like about creative process like mm-hmm. it's not like go through your whole life story like <laughs> yeah you know, it's kind of like okay whatever but there's not, I didn't really think there's any podcast that's it's all like let me interview this super famous person it's like yeah what's it like playing for Prince and it's like well like of course it was easy like, Yeah, not easy in like the music but easy in terms of it's like yeah we slept in five star hotels and uh we had caviar and champagne in the green room and uh, we we played and then uh, we went home and we were paid very handsomely. So it's just kind of all about creative process. Yeah, Um, I love that. It's it's very interesting because
1: in thinking about that I was kind of like okay, well how do I put I'm glad you gave me some lead time because I had to think about it and I was like what does my creative process look like and it was kind of funny to set it in words and figure it out yeah and then
0: like have to think through because i know for me it's like i just do it like it's something that like you've kind of developed that you aren't aware that you've developed and it's just when someone's like oh hey i need like i need you to play bass or whatever you're like oh i don't think about or guitar it's like you don't think about how you go about it you just go about it based on how you've developed yeah and it's style. so second nature to us that it's it it it's like flipping
1: a switch and then trying to explain to someone Okay, here's how I built that
0: switch. Exactly. Well, and that's like someone's like, how did you do that? Like, how did you do what? Like, yeah. I'm just doing my thing. how did you like, do what? <laughs> I love that. I'm just like, uh, how did he? I have no idea. Um, but uh, I guess we can just kind of start off with it's um, kind of a brief, like, elevator pitch of, like, what your main thing is that you do. Uh, I'm a bass player,
1: aspiring producer. But I made that deal with myself later on. But anyway, uh, yeah, bass player for a bunch of different people. It seems like it changes every six months. Um, but it's it's been good. Um, mainly Ross Cooper, Teddy Robb. Um, uh, I just played with a duo Lance and Lee the other day. Um, but Teddy and Ross, those are kind of my Your main, main ones for right now. Um, both working on new records. I guess, debut for Teddy and second record for Ross. Right. On. So, doing that. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. That's my, that's me. Um. So, I guess, some of the thing that's been, like, most interesting to me since, um, <clears throat> I'm not doing music quite full-time yet, mm-hmm. as much as I want to, it's always interesting to me, is, like, what, is there a lesson you, like, had to learn, or was there a mindset shift you had to do to go from, like, hey, I play, like, part time this is part of my income to making it your full time thing um i don't know if it was necessarily a
1: mindset i know it it weirdly came at a time that i was just ready for it cuz i got let go from the last day job that i had um weirdly on a friday the 13th um but i remember knowing that i was going to get fired from that job for like 2 months and so it just kind of loomed and over me that fun. I was like, "All right, I need to make this work before right, this it. ends." And then he was like, "Hey, can we have a meeting?" And I was like, "Ah, I know what this is about here we go. Give me my free lunch and say you're gonna go with the other guy. That's fine." Um, so it ended up coming at a perfect time, um, but it also, at the same, by the same token, it it really helps when you have that kind of like, "All right, you're on your own." Um, because it's really hard for if someone had said, all right, you have, like, that job will be there forever. You have to be the one to say no. I don't know that I would have said no at that same point or left it. You know, I probably would have done it for a little while longer before, uh, before I would have quit and done music full time. So that helped a lot for me. Uh, and then... You know, it seems like every year I pick up something a little bit more. I always joke that it's the taxes thing. It's like, oh, what is this new thing that I can write off or keeping track of mileages and all that, whatever. But that's more the business side of it. The creative aspect, it a couple years ago, I had a room at Diamond. Diamond Sound oh, Studios. Oh, Diamond Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I had a room in there, and that was kind of my, quote, office. I'd go in there Monday through Friday, and I'd do my day job stuff, which I could do remotely. So I'd do that first early in the morning because nobody was there and I could use all the Wi-Fi for myself. Uh, And then the rest of the day was just practice. At that time, I was getting ready to do, uh, play with a guy who was, we were working on his three-hour set, so I was having to run a bunch of covers and it was nice to be able to be in that room and crank everything as loud as I could. Yeah, play the volume. Yeah. Um, So... That that really helped for me, but the the reason why I did that was because it was so I couldn't work from home. The mindset of working from home was just impossible for me at the time. This was probably twenty sixteen, twenty yeah, the twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, somewhere in there. Um, And I had that room for about six months, and it was like paying another rent. But at the same time, I was like, this is worth it, because I have to have my daily commute to go drive to my, quote, office, work there all day, and then come home. I didn't even have anything at home. No music stuff, nothing. Everything was up there. And after a month or two, I was like, okay, I come home, and, like, I do want to play for fun. Like, there is a degree of, like, "Ah, I just want to claw at it. Yeah. So then I brought home a little practice amp and a bass, and at the time I had a drummer for a roommate, and he kept asking, like, hey, let's jam together. So that helped as well. Um, and having having a roommate that uh, played music, and especially played drums as a bass player, was, oh, awesome. that saved my life so many times, where he'd come in and be like, hey, you want to play? You want to jam? And I'd be like, yes! Drop whatever I was doing, we'd get in there and pretend to have our own
0: dress-up of Steve Jordan and Peanut Paladino. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I've actually had my roommate before, like, Victoria and I were living together was a drummer, so it was always nice. it was like, oh, okay. And then, it's like when you, like, you get locked into, like, a drummer that you, like, really used to, and then it always would throw me off when I'd like, go one when I am like, oh. Oh, yeah, you don't do that this way. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can't, like, lock into that, so that's always...
1: Yeah, but. it's it's funny with all with all the different gigs and doing kind of the. I know a lot of people don't like the word hired gun, but at the same time, just doing kind of the the freelance thing is the blessing in my mind of playing with different people as a bass player because you get, even within similar gigs, like I was playing with a guy Chris Ferrara, who I played with him for three years, um, and I played with him with five different drummers wow and it's so interesting because like there was a there was a strong suit of every drummer and it was like you could tell what they were really good at
0: it would change just the like set. the whole dynamic of everything yeah like, and you're
1: because, like oh they're re- they're like a rock guy so all the rock songs in the set were always great and then all the funk stuff like soul stuff would be really forced and then we had kind of a vice versa situation where all the soul groove- groovy stuff was great and then the rock soft with rock stuff would just be like swung or just felt a little clunkier and kookier um so i i always love playing with different drummers for that aspect as long as they know what they're doing that's gotta know what you're doing first (laughs) you play with some drummers and it's like it's your job to keep time but i guess it's now my job to keep time oh man you can't do it
0: there's nothing worse than you like show up at a gig and it's like the drummer you're like, oh, we're cool. Like this is gonna be good. And it's like you start playing. And you're like, oh god. Yeah. It's like I expect that. I expect
1: that out of the front man. I expect the front man to slow down 20 BPM. 10 yeah. Seconds. Or
0: just. I don't know. I played with drummers before that was like, it's in time, but it's like, why does it feel? It feels awful. Like this is like, what is happening? Even even
1: the subdivisions of like, I call it everybody every drummer's heartbeat where they put the kick and the snare. It's mm. so like you take everything else out and just give people like a a Nate Smith set, like a hi-hat kick snare, and say, play a a groove at 120. Everybody's going to play something different.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: And even if they're playing the same thing, your kick is going to be that like half subdivision. Like everybody's going to be playing some degree. There's some app I got, I think I saw on Instagram or somebody posted about it, and it's like a, they give you the tempo and you try and tap along with it and it takes it out and then it shows you like how far you were off the subdivision. Oh. Super interesting because I was crazy. like,
0: I'm super, I'm so good at this. Da, da, da. I was like, oh wow, I think I got one out of ten right. Oh, it's, I saw a, this is like an old video, of like Victor Wooten It's like, do you know how long a chord a note is or like a sixteenth note and then he would like go through and it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm not try. That. that's easy and then you're like, oh, no, that's not easy like yeah. at all. Like, Oh, so. Um,
1: so that's that's one of the reasons I think that's it's the musicality of everybody. Everybody's gonna play something different. Yeah, you know? I mean, the same it, goes for guitar. The same goes for bass. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's. But I just think it's it, as a bass player, I notice it more immediately in the drummer.
0: Um, so. Oh yeah, I mean, just because that dynamic is like you guys, it's the soul of the band. Like you take yeah. like it's the I, It's always funny. It's like. As long as you have a good rhythm section, like everyone else in the band can be super mediocre and will sound a thousand times better just because there's a good rhythm section. That's like, oh okay, like that's like ninety percent of the work done. Of like, it sounding good. Like okay, everyone else just needs to stay in the right key for the yeah. most part and we're <laughs> <Yeah>. good. Lock <laughs> into what you're doing and stay in the right key and we're all right. I'm oh, just on the
1: one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who was it? Oh gosh. But anyhow, yeah. It's, it, you, the, I always say the, the bass and drums are like the legs. If a band is a per or an artist is a person, your bass and drums are your legs, your guitar, your, both guitars, you've got two, or keys and guitar, are your arms. And your singer is your face. And if you have, kind of like you said, if your rhythm section is good, you got good legs, like you can have wonky arms, but you can still get through your day a little bit easier than if your legs are cut off at different lengths—one at the knee, <laughs> one mid-thigh—but your arms are ripped. Like you're still gonna either have to be in a wheelchair or army crawl everywhere. Yeah. So makes it uh,
0: makes it difficult to get around. Yeah,
1: but I will say the biggest for me the biggest drawback is riding on base.
0: Hmm.
1: I feel like a lot of people are like, "How do you ride this on bass? I feel somewhat confined to the other people in the room in many circumstances where it's like, I I can think of riffs and a lot of people don't think of bass playing in terms of riffs Mm -hmm. to where I'll be like, Oh, you know, I, a lot of people do the number system, um, you know, your GCD, your one, four, five. Um, and so I kind of think one way or the other and it's dependent on who, who all's in the room. It's like, okay, these guys identify, with a number or note style so I'll follow that and these other guys are like uh these are the frets or weird chord inversions that I've got what can you do and then you have to rely on your ear um one of the things I'm eternally grateful for is the fact that I'm a self taught bass player I can't say that for all the instruments I've played I took lessons on guitar I took lessons on piano for a long time even took oboe lessons when I was a kid um but never any formal lessons on bass but I, w- I was in the jazz band in high school so that kind of took me out of the three piece blues rock trio that I grew up playing in so I kind of got both ends of the classical
0: and yeah it's like better
1: term, like, commercial
0: yeah uh, world well one of the things I like when we played together and like gotten together with Alex is as a bass player like you also you have a great groove and you lock in the drums like really well and you mesh really well but you also have like a good melodic sense of like you can add to something and like take some, like if we're improvising take it to a different place by doing something that's almost insinuating like a melody which is really cool to like have to play off of so it's interesting that you like to hear you how you think about things in that yeah in that terms.
1: It's funny because it, it, there's the yin and yang of it. A buddy of mine, I, I always joked he and I were kind of the polar opposite but the same at Belmont. He was a commercial bass major, um, and he, I, the closest I ever got it was he's he was a two thirds groove shark and one third like rock and roller, but um, he was really good at crafting melodies, and I was a two thirds rocker, one third groove shark. So like he'd come up with these just nasty groovy melodies and be able to just be really soulful with it, but I could just outplay him, Iron Hammer style. It's like, all right, let's go fast and let's go hard and let's go to the wall and let's see how we can do it, and I'd take him. Um, so that was kind of the fun part of it, of like you know seeing him play would. It'd be like, oh, I've never seen you someone never approach even thought of that in yeah, that terms. Yeah, because we end up playing, we've played a lot of the same gigs um, throughout college and even to this day. So it's always inter- he was on the Ross Cooper gig before I was. Oh, okay. It's so it was funny to hear all those lines as he would do them because they're not the same mm-hmm. as how I would do them. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that by any means. But it was just always funny, if like, oh, that's how his brain uh, thinks of it. Yeah.
0: This is how mine. Do you ever find it, like, difficult when you, like, go see, like, live music or, like, you're on a show or just, like, sitting there and I'm like, oh, that's not how I would have done it. Like, I was, it's like, I, I always don't enjoy going to see live music sometimes <laughs> because it's, like, I just stand there and in my head I'm like, oh, no, I would have done that. I would have done this. Like, honestly, I I don't have that
1: as bad as going to a show and, like, turning into it a stagehand or a tech. Like that mentality kicks in, and so I walk up and I'm just like, oh, that stage is just a rat's nest of cables. And I just sit there waiting for somebody to trip. I'm like, something's going to happen. Like, there's a gear malfunction <laughs> written all over this set. And I just stand there waiting on the wings, just most anxious, like ready to jump on. Like,
0: got my flashlight and gas tape, <laughs> yeah. ready. Yeah, I'm ready to cross it off on
1: the set list. Where's the God mic? Like, um, I think the first show in recent memory that I went to that that didn't happen was Anderson Pack at Ascend, and it helped that we were out on the lawn, because, like, club shows, I'm standing there with, like, thumbs sticking out of my pocket, just ready to jump on stage and fix something.
0: Oh, yeah, something... Uh,
1: That's... That was... I did a year um, as a guitar tech, and that was one of the more eye-opening years in that sense, because it gave me that next-step appreciation of making sure all of your stuff is in check before you even show up to the gig. Because to me, there's no excuse for that. It's like, to me, that's, sh- that's like an NFL player showing up and not having his helmet and pads to me. <laughs> or not, or being like, oh, my pads are taken apart and I don't know how to put them back together. It's like...
0: Oh, that would drive me crazy. Like, I was this has been like a few years ago. I was like playing guitar for this one-off show for someone at a... Uh... That's not important. But <laughs> it was, like, load in, and they, it's, like, band showed up, it's, like, I heard them, like, the troubles like, oh, man, I forgot my amp. And it's, like, you forgot your amp? How? But didn't leave to go get it. So then it's, like, <sighs> later, I, I get off, I we play our set, we get our stuff, I'm like, you know, taking my stuff off stage and, like, putting it, like, you know, getting ready getting everything together off stage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Man, I'm gonna use your amp?" I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> not for you." <laughs> it's like that was three hours. It was two hours ago. Like, you could have dropped. You if your amp was it, here
1: and blew up, absolutely, you can use exactly. My amp. Like, there's a difference between being a dick and
0: trying to teach somebody a lesson. Yeah, it's like if your amp caught fire in the middle of your, you know, your set. Sure, yeah, I'd, I'd saw, wheel it out for you. Absolutely. It in. Yeah. No, I'd be I'd be there with the fire extinguisher and like be helping you. Like, oh. Oh, we can fix this. Like, but if you show up be like, "Oh man, I forgot my amp." It's like, bro, what did you think you were doing?
1: Yeah, (laughs) oh, it it blows my mind. If
0: you're an electric guitar player and you didn't bring an amp to a show, like, what is going? Like, what is your thought process there?
1: Yeah, I will say that is, I do love being a bass player because ninety percent of the time, all I have to do is bring my bass and pedal board, and. Yes, there, I do love having an amp on stage. I really do, because there's nothing quite like the feeling of just that little bit of rumble under your feet. Um, but, uh, you know, I've got that this 112 that I use, and I told myself I'm not getting a fridge until somebody else is moving it for me. <laughs> because I know I'll get that fridge, and it'll be like, we'll play places that justify it, but it'll be like... Smith's uh, old bar and it's like alright you gotta take it up yourself God, horrible horrible yeah. loaded uh, or New York. Oh, dude, New York that stresses oh, me out just to think about that like I was talking, I was talking to my buddy John uh, and he was like yeah back in the day we at the end of the gig we'd be drunk and just push that thing down the stairs an ampeg stat you know cab you can push those things like, down, spend down so much
0: of why you like see all those and they're just like destroyed oh yeah it. <laughs> like, uh,
1: it's not quite mint but it still works uh, yeah nah, you
0: probably threw down a flight of stairs like I would do so. yeah uh, oh man well the good thing about bass is like bass actually sounds really good direct like to me to my yeah. ears like I almost prefer the sound of like the really like hi-fi like di sound and yeah. it's like oh, okay and that like, can still sound really cool but if you just plug a guitar into like yeah. That like a lot of times you're like, mm. yeah, it's not it's not fun. I've been wanting
1: to try out this new uh, the V. Have you seen the JHS V two color boxes?
0: Oh, I did see
1: that. They've got yeah. the the uh, tilts for treble and bass. I love that. because I, I almost thought about going with those before I went the dark glass route. Um, but yeah, just uh, to me, once you as a bass player, once you have a good like trustworthy pedal board. I don't think it needs to be more than like a Metro Twenty Four, and you better be using every ounce of it. Like yeah. I'm using a Metro Twenty, and that's for like anything I would need in a year. Like it's honestly probably more a studio board now, but I still get enough use out of what's on there to justify it being on there. Yeah, I you the, got that Kangra. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. is that it's sweet? It's so good. It's I so love good. it. Shout out Walrus. Um, but. Uh, Anyhow, uh, I just got uh, I just borrowed an acoustic guitar from a friend. I have not had a six string guitar in my house like two years, two or three years. Wow, it's been it's been weird, and it wasn't until early this year that somebody was like, I guess we're kind of double back, double doubling back, uh. When somebody was asking me, like, oh, do you write on bass? And I was like, no, I have a really hard time doing it. Because it, it comes off very melodic, and most guitar players listen to it, and they're like, oh, well, I can't do anything to that, because the bass is writing all over the melody. And I'm like, okay, we'll either play around that, like, think differently. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I did a session, I was in a band, where I, you know put forth a couple ideas and they're like well what are we supposed to do with this it's like it's just bass and drums it's like yeah it's just bass and drums that's some guitar onto it and they listened to the bass and they thought it was too melodic that they couldn't play over it and so as a test I sent them something where it was just drums and me playing one note and I just played it different like I played it rhythmically I didn't play it melodically so to speak and they're like, oh, this is genius, da 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 And I was like, okay, so you need it. What you were asking for is a playing canvas
0: in a specific It's game? like, yeah, it's like you're asking for a drone, you I think. But it's, I think it's really easy to get caught up in like, well, I can't do anything. with so it's like, well, maybe you don't need to. It's like, there's no rules. It's like, there has to be a guitar on this, like. Pick up that weird broken keyboard like, over there and let's see yeah, what happens. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's. It's like a weird, like ego thing to almost be like. You don't. I'm. Maybe you don't. Not, not like a conscious, like ego thing. Like, I'm all ooh, like. Yeah. Like someone that's just like fooling themselves, but like the ego being like, oh, maybe I should sit this one out. If it's you don't like an interesting, like. Yeah. It people, sounds really easy until you like actually have to do it. You're like, why was that hard? Like that seems sorry. weird for that to be hard to just not. I think a
1: lot of people get scared as soon as they're. As soon as their knee jerk reaction is wrong, and it's like, uh, or it, it just doesn't work, and it, it doesn't compute for them, and they just immediately shut down and go, oh, I don't know what to do with this. This is bad. And it's like, okay, don't, don't immediately shun the weirdness. Like, let's find a
0: way to mutate it. Let's, you know, take break, go have a cigarette. go do whatever you need to do. Oh yeah, I'm mean, um, that's like, I'm a huge proponent of that, especially like in a studio setting. It's like. You have to go take a break. Like, yeah. go eat some food. Go run around. Go throw a frisbee. Like, go yeah. do something. Like, go have some hot chicken. I'm always
1: a big proponent of having hot chicken. Hot, hot chicken, hot chicken, chicken right. in the studio. Hot chicken in the studio gets you gets you fired up. Literally. Um, no, but it's funny. I see this this cat wandering around. Yeah, she's a like cat. That's that's typically that's what I feel like my creativity is on a daily basis is owning a cat and not a cage so that every day every day it's it's an attempt to catch the cat and like hold on to it for the day and the long and the sooner i can catch it the more i can pull from it and it's not even like a muse thing i know a lot of people have this like oh i have my muse or whatever for me it's just chasing that damn cat around the house (laughs) it's like once i catch it, it's like okay i don't have to think about that i've got the cat We're good, everything else can happen. But the longer I go without catching that cat, it just feels like everything in my house moves by an inch. And the longer I go, that inch turns into an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, inch and three quarters. Which most people, like, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, that college prank where you move everything in someone's dorm by an inch and they start running into stuff. Oh, I've
0: never heard of that, but that's, like, diabolical. I'm going to love it. the, that's the
1: <laughs> precipice of my life is just being, like, like I, I like to think I'm very efficient in my own way. A lot of people look at it and just be like, this doesn't make sense. But to me, every morning, it's like, all right, how do I set the dominoes up to where all I have to do is just touch it? And they all fall in line for everything. Creativity is obviously a lot harder. Um, you know, everybody jokes that, oh, I have my best ideas at midnight. Literally last night I was falling asleep and had some ideas for some stuff. And I was like, God, why now? And so I literally had to, I pulled out my phone and just like wrote down enough in the note that I was like, okay, I can revisit this later. But I've written down
0: enough. And that that's, the, that's the thing. It's like, you have to write it down. Because there's been so many times it's like. No, I remember that. That was pretty good. It's like I wake up in the morning and it's like don't even have any memory of it, and then oh. like a month later I'll be like, "What was that thing?" And it's like, "God damn it!" I, I was asleep it on a <laughs> day,
1: and I swore I was gonna remember it. But and I don't. then when you
0: like try to recall it, it's never as good as oh, absolutely w- not. as it was. Absolutely not.
1: I had a minor freak out recently that I when I got a new phone, I lost all of my voice memos, and I nearly just had a breakdown and cried. And then I like, connected it to my computer or whatever, and it's like, oh, there they are, okay. Well. Yeah, I like, but I do that
0: same thing. It's like, I'll back everything up to my iTunes, like, every few weeks, like, all the voice memos. Yeah. And now of course, I like, hate getting a new phone more than anything, and it's like... Yeah. Oh. It's like, oh, I have to remember all the passwords to logging it's in like, to my shit. I'm going to have to change the password to everything because <laughs> I don't remember it all. Because it's, this I, year's password? I'll type in the password that I swore what it was, and it'll say incorrect, and then I'll go to change it to that password, and it'll be like, can't use the old password. You're like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah,
1: your laptop's through the window. Oh, man. Um, But yeah, that's like, there are some days where you wake up and it's just, I, I can't catch that cat. And it, like, I feel like I'll be running back and forth through my house and just running into stuff, and it's just like, this never is a problem any other day, why is this a problem now? And so I get more, I I can catch myself getting more frustrated. Um, I've gotten a lot better about it. I used to be a super hot tempered kid. Weirdly, golf.
0: I was a golf kid growing up. Golf. Um, you you like Happy Gilmore in it? Did you break break a club? I did, I did. (laughs) I have a very fond memory of
1: breaking two clubs on the first hole. Uh, That's amazing. I was on the golf team in high school. And I was probably 15 because I, I couldn't drive yet. And my mom was like, well, you're going to go play nine and practice. So she drove me off the golf course and I played and I got halfway through the first hole and I screwed up a shot. And I was so pissed. I took my club and slant and just chopped into my bag didn't think about it next thing i know i look over and two of my clubs are perpendicular almost (laughs) to the back i'm like oh no no no
0: no 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 it's amazing great
1: i'm gonna have to tell my parents that i completely destroyed two of these clubs so 15 year old me uses 80 dollars of his well it was the entirety of my allowance um for probably a month uh, to get those fixed that was a nice learning lesson on controlling your rage so I just figured out how to hit things that didn't break no um, <laughs> no it's true uh, but uh, but no that helped and uh, yeah I don't know that was for me it's just learning I found the biggest especially with collaboration the biggest thing for me that gets a lot of people frustrated quickly is a lot of people don't speak the same language. Like music...
0: Yes. Everybody says that music is the universal language, and it is, but within that... How many dialects of this... It's like thinking a different dialect of the same language because it's not like... It's... It's not like in like English or Spanish or whatever. It's like there's rules of like how we do grammar, and it's like there are rules in music, but there's also... Would, in any creative endeavor there's not really rules yeah. either so
1: there's this invisible box that you have to color in but if you color outside it like it's really and
0: that i know, think that's that different for guy. everybody too it's like everybody says is, is, is like oh well it has to be all perfect rhymes yeah. and like for me it's like no i ain't got time for that like yeah i, I uh, and that's a different thing it's kind of i don't know it's I feel like the first time like if you're collaborating with somebody like it's always like the first write I do with somebody like if it's the first time I've written with him I'm like we're probably not going to get anything I'll be straight up with you like and that's okay. <laughs> it's just like, like
1: 75% hang 25% write so the next time we can do 50-50 and then the time after that. Exactly. It's, it's getting, like yeah getting comfortable with everybody's muse. Yeah to I me guess.
0: it's like if by the third write it's like we're really not driving and it's like I don't think this is going to work but it's like the first time I write with someone I'm like If we get something, awesome. If we get nothing, that's fine, too. Like, this is not a...
1: By the first one, I feel like you'll know if it's one of those where, like, you would... You do the first one, you're kind of like, all right, this has the potential to work. We just kind of have to... It's like an exercise thing. We got to work on it a little bit. And then other ones, you can show up and be like, ooh, yeah, like, I don't get this guy at all. Like, they're... Like anybody writing with Prince probably is just like, how the hell do you do this? Um, yeah, rest in peace, I guess. Nobody's writing with Prince anymore. <laughs> um, but I've I found just for me, it's learning all the different ways that people speak it. It's numbers, it's note names, it's chordal inversions, like he. You can have a master Juilliard student in a room with Billy Joel Armstrong. Billy Joel Armstrong's a Grammy-winning artist who knows nothing about music <laughs> theory, or he's lying to everybody. But knows nothing about music theory. You put him in with a Juilliard student who's an idealist, and they'll be like, "What the hell? They'd get upset. But I guarantee you, if they learn to talk on the same level, if they met in the middle somehow, um, then it'd be it'd be amazing. And so I've I've found that. I I distinctly remember a studio session where the guitar player I was assisting. It was a it was a Belmont project. and I was more or less assisting, and it was a buddy of mine playing guitar. And so I prob I probably was a little more comfortable than I should have been. And I was like, just play the part. Like it's not that I was a little more berating than I should have been, and that conducive to the creative spirit. And that that haunts me to this day. And I still talk to that guy and I doubt he even remembers that instance um, but I just remember him getting really frustrated and everybody in the room looking at me like what the fuck are you saying to and I'm like God I'm sorry sorry I just he's a friend and I thought that would okay that would work for me um, As I think everybody's it's the creative endeavors whether that be visual music whatever is is such a vulnerable thing that people immediately get defensive about anything regarding that uh, criticism-wise, and I think it helps if you learn how to speak their language, and not even learn to speak their language in that they will be more comfortable accepting that criticism. Uh,
0: yeah, as be like, I see where you're going. Like, I see where you're coming from. I don't think it quite landed. Like, I, is this what you're trying to do? Like, yeah. if this kind of tap into that, like. I think when I, like, first moved to town and I was co-writing, I would, I literally hated it when I first moved to town. But I was like, well, this is what everyone says you have to do. And it's like, oh, fine, whatever. And it's, you writing with people, it's like, well, this isn't a perfect rhyme. I'm like, where is it written that it has to be? And then it's, like, getting so frustrated. I me mean, like, yeah. this is not, like, it's like, okay. Like, now I'm like, okay, maybe, like, you have to compromise a little bit. Like, there's that. And then also just kind of, like, taking the pressure off. I feel like, I feel like, well, like, we're writing, like, we've got to get a song today. And it's like, now I'm just kind of like... Let's see what happens. yeah, Yeah, let's see what happens. Like, and I've had to learn, I think, recently, I'm still learning. It's like, it's not about, like, that you did something today. It's like, are you happy with the effort you put forth? Like, hey, I made an effort. Like, I started, like, trying to wake up early to write in the morning. And it's like do I get something every day? No, most days I don't get anything, but yeah. at least, if the rest of my day is crap, when it's I go to my day job, it's like, well, at least I've done what I'm trying to do. Like, I got up and wrote this, attempted I've, to write this. Yeah, song. I got up and attempted to write or worked on like an instrumental track or something. Like, yeah. I did something and it's like, well, I can say that. Like, Yeah. And some days I'm like, sweet, I'm really excited about this. Some days I'm like, Every day you put forward... What a waste. Yeah, every day, every day
1: you work towards that, somebody else is giving up. That was my phone screensaver for forever. It was like... That's a good one. Say that Was every every, every... every day someone else is giving up, so work harder um, and continue to go because the game gets easier. It doesn't... That's that's kind of how I had to look at it because it's like, further I stick this out, if nothing else, if nothing else, I'll win by sheer perseverance.
0: Oh, for sure. I was... I've been reading, like, much, like, motivational books and stuff like that. And, like, that's a lot of those. uh, It's, like, all these people that are, like, super famous for, like, super billionaires and stuff like now. It's, like, you read, like, their origin stories and it's, like, wow. (laughs) It's, like, (laughs) Like, they just couldn't take a hint. It's, like, I would have given up. Like, I kind of want this person to get up. And then it's, like, oh, but they finally did And it's, like, that's really just what it comes down to.
1: Oh, Yeah. And even, even little things where uh, I have one of the gigs, the Teddy Rock gig. I got that walking out of Kid Rocks at 3 AM in the morning, furious after a gig because we had a fill-in singer and he did awfully and got really drunk and anyway, it (laughs) it was an ordeal. So I came out fuming, looking for a cigarette and this long blonde haired guy, smoking one. I was like, Hey man, do you have an extra cigarette? End up talking to him for five, ten minutes. And he's like, What do you do? Did you play here? Oh, yeah. that. End up going back and forth in a total Nashville way. And he's like, Well, let me take your number and I, I might have a gig for you. in
0: a month, like, okay, whatever.
1: In that month, I would go on to be uh, basically offered a gig and then have that offer revoked. And after accepting the offer, that would be revoked losing out on the gig that I'd had for a really long time so I was in a really tough spot and then sure as I needed it that phone call came and was like hey I don't know if you remember me but you met me at 3 AM Kid Rock I even written like met this guy at outside Kid Rock in my phone still haven't changed it which is hilarious to me um, it was like some dude you met outside Kid Rock um, and so just being open being open to that kind of thing a lot of Seemingly insignificant events lead to bigger events, I've found. Um, yes. and, so, and sometimes you put purpose, you put meaning to something that isn't. But I find a lot of the times, like, if you're willing to keep an open mind about it, there is a reason for that weird or
0: otherwise zany occurrence. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's so many times, like, I look back, it's like, oh, well, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be... Oh, okay. And if I want on that, like, and you just, like, you can kind of trace certain things. It's yeah. like, wow, so all that comes back to this. And then and that, that thing to think about. Size. Yeah. So, no, for sure. It all builds on itself and, like, trying to just show up every day. Because it's not, like, does your alarm still go off and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't have an alarm, which is nice.
1: Um, it's a beautiful world of singledom and not being a father, I will say. Um, but my body still wakes me up between eight and 10 AM. And usually whenever my body wakes up, that's an hour warning before my brain actually wakes up. Um, but I'll get up, do a little yoga, um, or at least try to. Sometimes now they got that Call of Duty mobile app that's just <laughs> oh, it's oh, oh, it's addictive. I can't get away from it. Um, but uh, I've been trying to do 30 minutes to an hour of acoustic a day, and then I try to get between two and four hours on bass a day. Usually, it ends up being two hours. During the day, two hours at night, at night or yeah. after the sun goes down. Which now daytime's only like three hours, so it's yeah,
0: like, we're just, we're just barely in Central Time, so it's dark at like three thirty. Yeah, so it's
1: it's evening, it's evening practice and late night practice. Uh, but I, I, for me, the the co-writing thing, I was very much like that was a hard lesson to learn, in that. I grew up in a very... You only write by yourself, and if you have to write with other people, you're not that good... you're Excuse me. You're not that good if you have to write with other people, and I saw it as such a crutch. Oh, for in- sure. Instead Sane. of a... Uh, like, oh, here are all these people that think differently and that can trigger different things. In my mind, why don't I get together with them? Oh, I
0: used to think the exact same thing, like...
1: Or, like, if you didn't produce your own records, you're an asshole. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, you can't even think of how these songs should go after you write them. God. <laughs> oh, I was no, so elitist I, and idealist for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, I used to think that. it's was like, it's a big deal now if someone's, like, a country person has, like, three other, like, they wrote three songs. So I was like, I remember hearing that when I was, like, first, like, kind of, like, I was, like, aware of the songwriting world, but not, like, really where, like, how it really kind of worked. And yeah. then, like, pff, you only you only wrote three songs on your record? Like, wow, you must be awful. Like, yeah. But, like, actually knowing how it works, it's like, that actually is, some, like, something. Yeah,
1: it's, I I, I was just talking to uh, my buddy Ross Cooper about this, and it's like, records, uh, a couple years ago I got into listen. I, it's so hard for me, I'm getting better, but it's so hard for me to listen to, like, one song at a time. Oh, Especially I if that. it's like, mo- like a string, like a playlist, is almost my worst nightmare. I don't really love playlists either. Uh, give me, give me thirty-five to sixty minutes of one artist trying to capture one idea on an album. To me, it's it's a movie for the ears. Yeah, you're for at, sure. You you're at you're tasking four people, plus a handful of engineers, maybe a producer or two. That's including meshing, you know, you think about all the people that it takes to, quote, make a record from every little instrument played on the actual songs down to the photography, down to the artwork, down to the someone who has to print all that stuff and the vinyl workers, you know, um, it's, it's a lot like making a movie. And for me, the creative process is a lot of people are like, it's my way or the highway. And I think once you get to a certain point, you're allowed to say that, but I think still at the same time, you've put the pieces in place. Like my way, quote unquote, also includes my engineers, my people that I've gotten to where I trust and know that, you know, I know that their fingerprints going to do be what I want it to be kind of thing. Yeah. It's the people that are like, it's my way, the highway. It's like. Dude, you've done.
0: Who the hell are you? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I have
1: to catch myself from time to time because I do that. You know, everybody does. It's it's human nature. But the movie thing is like okay, especially for solo artists, it's like you're an actor, so your job is to quote act in these quote movies. Um, and I think the ever these artists have more freedom, obviously. But with that more freedom comes more criticism. I was listening to, uh, uh, Sturgill's most recent record that oh, came out. Oh, that's so, that um, record is so cool. Yes. I love that uh, record.
0: Dave, uh, Austin turned me on, yeah. on to that. He was like, you should listen to it. It's crazy. And I was like, okay. Like, I know he's like way into like a lot of like seventies country stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like okay, and like the first track, I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, you yes, listen yeah. To yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm into this,
1: yeah, I listen. yeah, I, I first listened to that on a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. drive out of Lubbock, Texas, nothing for miles, um, it would be a good record to listen to at that time, oh, yeah, nothing going on, like, the sun's just starting to rise, and it's just desert, Texas desert, everywhere you look, um. It's beautiful and even the drive up here was great uh but you listen to that record and that's such a middle finger to me to everyone that's been a critic of him in any way shape or form because he did you know meta modern sounds and country uh the sailor's guide um and then to have that as the like a,
0: a record a follow-up to those like what Okay. This guy, I didn't like it was good. I just like wasn't like I just didn't really connect with that. But like that new record is like all the like crazy like guitars and like synths and stuff. I'm like, wow. Why didn't the rest of commercial like why didn't country music go this way like instead of the pop route, Like this is gnarly. Oh, right. This is so like out there. Yeah. I
1: I have this whole this whole stoner theory about how country is about to become the most popular genre of the twenties. The 2020s. Um, And I feel like you can trace it back to key events, like, quote, key events, uh, like uh, Old Town Road. I think Old Town Road honestly will go down as like a a, a desegregation of country, if you will. Between, like, that's a moment, uh, the Justin Timberlake, Chris Stapleton... Is that AMAs or MTV where he did drink? You, they did drink you away, and everybody lost their minds. Mm. And then Justin Timberlake was like, "I'm gonna go to Franklin and record Man of the Woods, which sounds just like me, but it's gonna have the aesthetic of what I think Nashville is, which wasn't even close."
0: Um, I think it goes back. It goes back. I think even further with like the uh, like Shania Twain, like two thousands. Like I think she's like the like the matriarch of the uh, like pop country thing, like. Because if you I think about, that. like, her, what she was doing then, it's like, now you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, that's country, but it's like, for, if you think about, like, what everything else was going, like, 90s country, it was, that was still a little left of center. It's oh like, yeah, that's
1: a good point. I I And kind of jumping off of that, 30 years ago, when you asked somebody who's their favorite country artist, it probably would have been, what, Willie, Garth, George Strait. Reba, like all people that, for all intents and purposes, you can put in the same playlist, if you will, and it, you wouldn't like nothing would jump out. It'd be at a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Versus now, if you put, you can have in the same country, quote unquote, playlist, Willie Nelson, then followed up with "Girl" by Maren Morris, and it's like, huh, what? That doesn't attract that either you know, either one of those is good or bad. It's just different. And so now you've got this, like, Nashville pop, and then you've got, like, the Sturgill, uh, non-Nashville, like, stoner country of, like, we're going to do this rock thing or this old-timey Tyler, Childer, Tyler Childers uh, kind of thing, you know, that's a little more throwback. And sh- I feel like a lot of people are taking country in their own way now. Because you've got the Stapletons, the Sturgils, the Jason Isbells, even. Like, the, the Americana aspect of country
0: starts to come out. And I feel like it's just been... Now, it's like everything that's not pop country, they just call Americana. They're just like... Yeah. Which is really interesting. It's like, to me, that's like that's more country than, like, this. Like, most country now, I'm just like, that's just pop. Like, yeah, nothing against it, Like but let's call it what it is. It's yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. it's pop with like a little more guitar like in the mix
1: yeah <laughs> it's, yeah country with synths and tracks um, but uh, but no I, I, I secretly relish and it's funny I love I follow a bunch of like bass players and producers on Instagram and it's it's always interesting like who knows who and you start, you start realizing like how small that world really is of even like, oh, like I realized over the last couple of years, I've become like one degree of separation away from people that I've adored for years. And I'm like, oh, this person that I met haphazardly or played in a band with played bass on their record or, you know, whatever. Uh, who was it recently? Somebody, uh somewhat a band a formative band that i remember hearing for the first time in high school i got to play pilgrimage fest with the bass player of that band in a different band and i told her just like whoa like oh my gosh um
0: so it's interesting how nashville has been that way um it's really funny it's like how everybody like there's always like there's like there's one or two people in my friend group that's like they know everybody, and it's yeah. like you meet someone. And it's like, oh, you know, so and so. Like, yeah, how do you know them? Like, I threw up in their dorm room at Belmont. Or, yeah, you know, it's I, yeah, I, it, it was, was funny. on a record or yeah, Like Nashville in general is like such a small thing. Like people would think the, I, I don't know. I think sometimes I still think the music scene is actually bigger than it is, but it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely. Yeah. It's like there's just like kind of like different tiers. It's like. All the like A-list session guys that like, just kind of like all run together and it's like we're all just like kind of moving up in the tiers or yeah. like we kind of bounce in between like these different tiers of people but it's like absolutely it's not that big especially in Nashville but like almost now I feel like just in general like the music scene is I mean of course every like city has their like local thing but like no, like more like commercial like music scene is like gotten smaller in a weird way yeah. And I'm not sure if that's like internet wise or social media or if it's just indicative of how music business is <laughs> right now. But um I don't know, it is interesting because yeah, it's cool. Like there's been people that I've like gone to see or whatever that like passed through town and it's like, oh, wait, you know so-and-so? Like I know them. I was like, oh, okay, like. We're all just people making yeah. music. And so that's kind of a cool thing that it's kind of like, oh, hey,
1: you, you can do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know my other friends who are doing this too. Oh, weird. Uh,
0: my favorite is like the, uh, the tribute shows. Oh, dude, I played I played my first one of those the other night. Oh, in nice. town. Uh, I was filling in uh, for one of my buddies for the uh, the Pearl Jam. Oh, nice. So, which yeah. is really funny. It's like... Not really Pearl Jam. No, man, I've yeah. like never listened to like any Pearl Jam music. I remember being at rehearsal and like we played it. And I was like, "Yeah, I never heard these songs the other day." And they're like, everyone else playing oh. playing with it, like huge Pearl Jam was like. Man, this album changed my life. I hope you never heard. It. And I was like, "Oh, like sorry, like, yeah. <laughs> I spoke out of turn." <laughs> yeah, what did we do?
1: Uh, like, and the other, my other favorite part about doing those is we did. Uh, grunge night the grunge night is one of my favorites uh that and we did the warp tour tribute recently oh Warped.
0: that would be but
1: they're they're funny i think they're doing a tony hawks tr- uh soundtrack tribute night Come oh on. man oh and let's go yeah uh and so it's it's funny because like a lot of those it's a weird smorgasbord like backstage i always find myself being like oh there's like Matt Thiessen, someone that I grew up listening to in Reliant K my entire life. And then there's a guy that I know on Broadway playing all the time that's here because he loves these songs like I do. But has to do his songs early first because he's got to run down and do a nine to five. Like it's it's so much more a job here in a good way. I feel like if if you can be smart about it and you chase it and you. You know, there is a little bit of luck involved with it. Oh, for sure. Um, Myself included. Um, Because you find yourself doing that kind of thing where it's like, oh, I get to do these tribute shows, and these aren't really fun, but I'm doing four songs, and then i got to run downtown and play for four hours. This is the one thing. Say what you want about Broadway, doing four-hour shifts downtown. I don't care who you are. That'll make you a better musician just because you have to make it more fun for yourself. If, oh, yeah. if not, you could get in there and play the exact same parts every day, five, six, seven days a week, two, three shifts a day. But you won't hate it. Yeah. And you'll want to, yeah, bang your head against a wall. Uh, I use that as like a thing. I don't do it as much anymore. And I think if you do it too much, it can make it crazy. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, But uh, for me, it's it was starting to realize like, okay. Like, I, I would just start doing the same riffs and licks and fills between songs. And I'm just like, all right, to me it feels like I'm playing the same four songs over and over again. And so, the nice part of having playing downtown with a bunch of different people and a bunch of different styles is that helped broaden that. But even at what is probably 500 songs that I have memorized for Broadway use only, it's like, I could play all of those with my eyes closed and do the most simple, like...
0: Get freshman yeah. of
1: college bass player could do, but to me, it's not fun. Like, I uh, who was it? Uh, somebody said, You get paid to wait, but you, you quote, work for free. You play for free, you wait, you wait and cost money.
0: <laughs> and I was like, That's the truth.
1: Because <laughs> the one hour I spend on the one that shit, the 30 minutes to four hours I spend on stage is. Hands down routinely the best part of my day
0: for sure. Yeah, I
1: mean that's and that's you know, it's okay It's no one holds bar like we're up on the tightrope Let's go. Yeah. Let's see what happens, and I you know I've done that with people that I've never met before I've jumped on and played for four hours with people that I met when I walked into the room and it's, it's frightening, but you get to a point where it's like you, you know what to look for as a musician, where you're just, especially key things, where you're just like, okay, yep, oh, okay, I see what you know. For me, it's drummers. That first, it's almost that first fill that they do. It's like, all right, all the drums are all set. Whatever that first little lemme test to make sure that everything's in the right place. You everything, it's like, I'm like okay, okay,
0: this is where I have to like, this lean. Is, Yep, one way or the other, for sure. Yep,
1: there was a group, Wrestle with Jimmy on Broadway, that I play with a uh, lot this year, and for a while they were swapping out like four different drummers. And it was, that was in way kind of, fun. fuck, golly, huh. Yeah, that seems like killing me. Uh, mm-hmm. They had four, they had like four revolving drummers, and while most people would call that a headache, like it was secretly kind of fun for me, Depending yeah, on who, it what was. version of the band are we gonna get? To exactly. Yeah, I was like, okay, like this guy, this guy's gonna play on top of the beat. This guy plays pretty middle of the road. This guy plays very behind the beat and very jazzy. So all my, you know, and so for me, I'd always ask ahead of time, like, who's playing drums tonight? <laughs> so I'd go through the playlist of all the songs and just kind of spot check and go, okay, I'm gonna have to play on the back end of this versus the front end, or jazz this up, or rock this out, or whatever. Um, so for me, that was also really fun, and it still is. Um, but uh, as far as as far as my own personal creativity, like I just, i the best way I've narrowed it down now, and I feel like it's. Everybody's. I feel like everybody wants to make a solo album at some point. It's like, if you're a musician, you have to make a solo record, whether it sees the light of day or not. Um, and so I, I get mine as far as as of right now, just a, a litter of a moleskin full of one lines and a phone full of, uh, phone demos. But, at least for me the the direction is just trying to get who i want in the room like I've, as a as a musician i feel like being blessed to be in such a town just filled to the brim with such incredible talent it's fun because i i feel like my record would have so many different people because i'd be like this song needs this guitar player's mentality their creativity because i played with them and i just I, I feel like I know how their brain works or at least if they weren't on the money I could at least kind of ballpark them and just yeah say, okay it's
0: have to nudge them slightly and to you're pointing head
1: south head. let me pour you point you northwest and you're then you're golden yeah just keep walking in the, that direction um so at least right now I'm trying to figure out what I don't know if I, if I had to perform it live like how many people would I have on stage I think five I like to say five is my maximum. Five people on stage, I feel like, is the perfect amount. It's like, if you, you get that stadium tour, alright, you get the background singers and the string quartet <laughs> and the horn, like, alright, fine. The second drummer. Yeah, the right. percussion <laughs> section. Yeah. yeah, the guy hitting the bongos in the back and the triangle. No, um, oh, if you get a stadium tour, how does she really eat? Right. Uh, yeah, I've been watching all these... Harry Styles. Dude, I'm all about Harry Styles. Dude, I,
0: I don't think. I haven't checked out his new stuff, but. Uh, I, I'm i a little I, scared, but. but you just saw, like, I think on Twitter, it was like an article was like, Harry Styles talks about his, like, mushroom use, and I'm like, wow, we live in a crazy time where it's like, now, like, pop people are just open about, like, doing, like, psychedelics. Which we do illegal like,
1: stuff that you regular people will get arrested for doing.
0: Exactly. Well, it's like, it's funny, like, that, but it's. I think about, like, how, like, just, like, the paradigm is, like, where it's, like, 10 years ago somewhere to say that, like, it would have been, like, a huge, like, scandal. Like, oh, they're on mushrooms. Oh, my God. Like, it's, like, I'm not into that, but it's, like, someone else, like, thinks that, like, says that helps them, like, cool, like, whatever. Oh, yeah. So, I just think it's, like, interesting that it's, like, if the, I just think, like, if the Backstreet Boys sort of come out and be, like, we all do acid or whatever, like, that would have been the end of them. Like, Yeah, oh yeah, and everyone would be like, no! Like, whether they did or not, but it's like, if they were to come out and be like, oh yeah, we do... They're probably doing we eight do, balls off
1: of hookers' asses
0: for all we know, it, but it's like, you never heard about it. We do acid every day before our show, like... If it works, it's like, great! So, like, I just, I just, sometimes I like, think about that, and I'm just like, wow, this was 10 years ago. That would have been, like, really weird. Like, that would have been, like, the end of some... But it's yeah. interesting to see, like, all these, like, people that I don't necessarily associate with, like, mind-altering stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I think. Like, if someone was, like, was, like, oh, yeah, Frank Zappa did a lot of acid, it'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, like Which I don't think he did. I don't think he used any drugs at all, but... But then you, you... But it's like someone's like super commercial like, yeah, dude, I just do a ton of acid. And it's like... Like if Adele had come I out is, and been like, right before Rolling in the Deep, I
1: did a couple, you know, put a couple bits on my tongue and and just went to that place. And got it. I'd be like, what? That's <laughs> awesome. I'd have had more respect for her. Not that she doesn't deserve the respect. Like, Ade- Adele is like the rock of the music world. Everybody wants to claim her. This I mean, little homely British woman who can just break your heart in a sentence.
0: Yeah, it's about time for her to put out another album, right? Right. It's like, yeah, every, every few years. Did she have a kid? I feel like she had a kid I recently. I think she did. Maybe she did. I don't know. She needs to have,
1: she's, she's not huh, due for that mother <laughs> record. Uh, it's, she's got, Sir, her, it's her, it's her mom did. movie, quote unquote. It's gotta be her mom record.
0: I think she did. Maybe we did. I'll fact check that She's going to
1: set fire to the rain here soon. What was the last one? 25? I think. So she's we're, we need to have like 28, somewhere between 28 and 30 next.
0: Well, I think, if I remember, I don't remember if I read this or, what, or if I made this up. It wasn't like, I don't think that's how old she was when those records came out. It was like how old she was when she wrote those records. Yeah. So...
1: So I guess it technically could be 26 through, what, 30? Do we need to ask Siri? I don't know what phone find. Yeah, that's... Somewhere. We'll assume... I know she's not much older than I am. She's at most like 32, I think. I hope. I mean, nothing really matters. I look 17, so...
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's wrap this up. Um anything you want to share you want to anything you're working on where can people find you where can they hire you um how can they get in touch with you if they require websites uh, low end
1: uh low end reinforcement yeah um let's see websites under maintenance right now um but uh instagram ray after dark 29 uh i do check messages there uh other than that, we got uh, some new stuff from the Ivans coming out. Um, also playing at Exit December thirteenth. Uh, Ross Cooper's got a new record coming out next year, uh, and we'll be on tour in support of that in twenty twenty. Um, those are the main two. Uh, Teddy Robin Georgia, middle of this month, middle of December. And yeah, just trying to stay busy. Looking forward to uh, twenty twenty. If you need any, if you need any low end, let me know. I'll be your guy. And yeah. Cool. Jeff, always a pleasure. Yeah dude. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. But we're
0: not the perfect story,